Today with Catherine Ruinala. Uh, talking uh, to people and sharing a little bit about how God speaks in interesting ways. He can speak in so many different ways. And, you know, I believe that the Holy Spirit is continually wanting to give a rhema word to every one of us every day. As we pray, give us this day our daily bread. He wants to give you a fresh rhema word. And that is something that is personally spoken to you in a way that just makes you go, oh God, that's lovely, thank you, that ministers to your heart. God can take anything and use it to speak to you personally. Time after time, God wants to be there for you. He never gets weary. He never gets, he never gets done with you. I'm, I'm done. I can't talk to you today. It's just too much. I've, I've been patient, but you've just tried the limits. He never runs out, our beautiful Jesus. Amen? Psalm 34. It's just one of my favorite psalms. When I wake up in the morning, one of my habits is I... Uh, before I sort of get out into the kitchen and make the coffee and everything, I, I like to have a preliminary time with the Lord where I, I just get some communion and I, I take communion as my first meal with the Lord uh, privately before anybody else knows I've gotten up. Tom normally gets up at 5.30 and I get up a bit later and I'm still up though before the, the rest of the household. So... I like to have my, my communion with the Lord. I talk to him. I thank him. I, rem I remind myself, I reckon myself dead indeed to sin today and alive to God in Christ. I thank you because of the covenant of your blood. I am free from sin. I am loved that you are my protector. Lord, as the blood was, was over the doorposts of the people of Israel, Lord, I thank you that your blood covers me and my family. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. And then I'll have my breakfast, and then uh, afterwards, after everyone's gotten off, uh, I like to have some more quality time with the Lord. But whatever your habit is, God wants to meet with you every day. He wants to speak to you. But as we look at this psalm, this gives me joy because it's a psalm that David wrote while he was having a really rough time. He was rejected by Saul for no good reason, uh, simply jealousy. And, and David was on the run, and, and he had to actually try and find refuge in the um, halls of his enemies. But then his enemies didn't trust him, and so he had to pretend to be mad to escape with his life. And then he sings this incredible psalm of, Hooray, God, look what you've done, I've been delivered. While he's still, though, in a situation where Saul is still wanting to, to kill him, he's absolutely dizzy with delight, celebrating the victory he's just had of escaping Abimelech. And you know, it's so important that we are able to celebrate the, the victories we have along the way, even if we haven't yet got the fullness of what we are believing for. If you're putting your joy and your happiness off until you get what you're hoping for, you've just got yourself onto a treadmill that never ends. And you'll never allow yourself to be happy. You, you could say, well, I'll be happy when, when, my, when my children are walking with the Lord. 
or I'll be happy when they're married to godly spouses. And then they get married to godly spouses and then I'll be happy when they have children. And I'll be happy when their children are walking with the Lord. And whatever it might look like, if, you, if you're delaying your ability to let yourself actually be happy and rejoice, and you allow circumstances to be the thing that dictates your joy, you are missing out on your inheritance as saints of God. You and I have the capacity to be joyful in any situation. And it's not fake, it's not put on. There is actually a stream you can drink of that nobody and nothing can touch. Even in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 6, it talks about all these things that are going on. And right in the middle of the, the chapter there, it stops and says, but don't touch the oil and the wine. And I think that's just so interesting that no matter what's going on, God has mandated that oil and wine, that is the oil of his anointing, of his presence, the wine of his gladness has been mandated from God that doesn't matter what's going on, nobody and nothing can touch my people's access to wine and oil. That is, to drink deeply from the river of his pleasure, to find joy in every situation because they know my God is for me who can be against me. He's going to make all things work together for my good. He loves me. He loves me more than life. I have found the one who satisfies my need for love. My God who supplies all of my needs according to his riches in glory. My God who looks at me with eyes that undo me and overwhelm me. My Father, our Father. <gasps> that access is ours. And this is something that David understood. Having spent many hours alone out looking after the sheep, he had dug his own well. He had discovered for himself how to connect with God. And my prayer for every one of you is that you also would discover this, that every time you come, you'd have an expectation. As you say, our Father, you'd be thinking about the fact, because of the blood of Jesus, I can talk to you with the same confidence Jesus did when he walked the earth that Jesus told us to say our Father because I have that same, same standing in God's eyes in that he looks at me and welcomes me to speak to him face to face just as Jesus did when he walked the earth. That I can say our Father and have confidence that he's not up there scowling or not up there thinking, well, here we go. I wonder what she's got to say today but actually more excited to see me than I could be ever be to see him. That when I look to him, he says, ah, let me be your glory and the lifter of your head. I wanna bless you, make my face shine on you. I wanna be gracious to you. I wanna lift up my countenance upon you and I wanna give you peace. This is what this Psalm says. I will bless the Lord at all times. What an astonishing thought that you and I can actually bless God. God who needs nothing. You, are, you have the capacity to move the heart of God. Do you believe that? 
You, you, you have the capacity to bless God. Do you bless him? Do you come and say, bless you, God? It seems a strange concept to bless God. But you know, my children, I get so much delight out of them. We had to go and vote yesterday, and finally they're all of voting age. And so we make everything a game. We make everything fun. Let's have a family outing to go voting. <laughs> I got you all. Let's go. And we'll have a coffee on the way. And I mean, the joy that I get standing in line and just hearing the banter and Joseph doing his Russian accent. And I mean, it just blesses my heart. Nothing deep or necessarily important being said, but I just enjoy being with them. I get pleasure and delight. God is blessed by your company. He's blessed by your voice. The Bible says your voice is sweet to him. It doesn't matter whether it's in tune or not. I will bless the Lord at all times. That is, in the good times and in the hard times. I'll bless the Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is what I want my life to look like. I want it to be continually in my mouth. In fact, I, I am finding that my habit is becoming, I'm becoming more aware that I have developed a habit in that I, I, I shared that I've discovered that a microphone function on my phone, that if I, I don't have to type everything, I can actually press this microphone and it just types it for me. It's fantastic. Sometimes it makes a terrible mistake, but mostly good. But I notice that as I'm dictating my texts or emails, that they are spontaneously dotted with, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And it's not religious, it's actually biblical. God wants that bubbling out of our hearts without our even being aware that we're doing it because he wants our lives to be a continual praise to him. My, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Jesus is the author of empathy. He's the one who teaches us what empathy actually looks like. He teaches us to be happy for people when something good happens. To be weeping with them, mourning with them when something is grieving their heart, to, to love and to, to see and feel his heart. Hallelujah. But I like the way that this puts it in verse 2 of Psalm 34. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. You know, it's the proud, when they hear of something good happening for somebody else, instinctively get egocentric and think about themselves. I mean, I, I 
have to admit there was a time in my life where I was largely egocentric. And I was a believer. I was a young mom in my early 20s. I had my children very young, got married at 20, had my kids soon after. And Tom was a businessman. And he got to go on a, I had my new baby, and he got to go on a business trip to a trade show over in Europe with his brother-in-law. And uh, I got a message that they, were, they had a, a day off and they took a train up to Zermatt and they got to go up the mountain up there in Switzerland. And you'd think I would be really happy. But actually, I was ringing him up at two o'clock in the morning when the baby was keeping me awake and saying, how could you leave me? I can't, I can't believe you could leave me like this for three weeks for the baby. It's just so terrible. My brother-in-law said he could see the snow melting around Tom while he was on the phone to me. <laughs> and I think of that picture sometimes. I think, oh God, Lord, I'm so sorry. Because when we see something good happening for somebody else, if we aren't walking in humility and learning to drink deeply from the river of God's pleasure for us, then we can easily become egocentric. And instead of rejoicing with those who rejoice, we can compare ourselves with those who rejoice and start throwing stones at them for having something good happen. And it's ugly. It's so ugly. But sometimes we don't even realize that we do it. God wants us to be known by our love for each other, to rejoice with those who rejoice. You, you might hear of someone that's getting married and you yourself are believing to get married and you hear they're getting married and your first thought is, oh, I haven't found anybody yet. Or you hear of someone get a financial breakthrough, like a big blessing. And you're, you're struggling to pay your bills. What's your reaction? God's looking for us to rejoice with those who rejoice. To be glad when we hear someone boasting of the good things that God has done for them. Because when we do that, our hearts are healed. And our hearts begin to make room to receive the blessing God wants to pour out for us. Hallelujah. He, he prepares the ground because he tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. In other words, he's saying when your heart is clear and clean and set on him, drinking deeply of his love for you in every situation, blessing him at all times, then anything that gets added to you won't take your focus, but will simply be icing on the cake. It'll be a blessing for you, not a curse. Hallelujah. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble of shall hear of it. And rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe the heart of God is that we would recognize Jesus' desire for us to live lives of true humility, righteousness, peace, and joy. As he talks about this praise continually being in our mouth, 
it's not just a nice idea or a good thing to be able to sing or to quote or memorize, so we should quote and memorize and sing it. But when we actually do it, our lives become better. You know, I don't know about you, but I find myself frequently being under attack from the arrows of the enemy that come like thoughts swooping like a magpie out of nowhere. <laughs> Where it's like having a happy day and all of a sudden, whoosh, where did that come from? Let me tell you where it came from. It came from the enemy. And I found myself having to, having to actually go to war again and say, no, I'm not going there, devil. But not just say, I'm not going there. But turn around and begin to praise God and put it in my mouth. Begin to worship God, begin to pray. And you know, one of the things that I've found have been really effective is that when I'm finding myself being constantly bombarded, I open my mouth and I begin to pray out loud. Because when I pray out loud, my thoughts are less likely to get entangled with the opportunities, the temptations that the enemy is bringing to bring me into despair and discouragement and go back down a track that's got nothing to do with righteousness, peace, or joy. Lord, I thank you today. <laughs> I thank you that you are opening a door that no man can shut. I thank you today, God, that you make a way where there seems to be no day. Thank you, Father, that today, God, you are for me. And that, Lord, I call out to you and you answer me. Lord, that you are there every time I lift my voice. Thank you that Jesus shed his precious blood so that I could come and sit in your arms. Hallelujah. And I can begin, as I open my mouth and actually say things like this out loud, my mind is getting focused on things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. I'll go through systematically. I'll pray for Tom. Lord, that you'd bless him indeed, that you'd enlarge his territory, that your hand would be with him, that you'd keep him from evil, that he may not cause or experience pain. I speak blessing over him. Bless him physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, financially, mentally. Bless him, God. And then I'll go through the next one. And the next one, I'll pray for Jessica. I'll pray for Joseph. I'll pray for Emily. I'll begin to pray for our staff. I'll begin to pray for my sisters. I'll begin to pray for my mum and my dad. I'll begin to pray for my, my team. I'll begin to pray out loud. And I tell you, when you start going through the list, time goes like this. You find after an hour, you've still got so many people you could pray for. And it's not a chore, it's a privilege. And as you've done this, there's been no room for the party that the enemy planned to have with you today. God's heart is that we'd be intentional. And then I often will pray in tongues. And as I start going through my list of praying for my different relatives, praying for all my friends and partners and team members and praying for the government, praying for a revival, praying for the church as I, and praying for whoever God leads me to pray for. And then as I begin to pray these things, I, I, I'll be sometimes just led to pray in tongues for them for a little while. You know, as the Holy Spirit takes me and wants to go intercede for them a little deeper, a little more, God wants our lives to look continually 
like conversation with God. Hallelujah. As we put his word in our mouths. The other thing you can do is you just start picking up the sword of the spirit. I'm under attack. I feel those attacks coming like magpies. I feel it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Pick up your sword. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And begin to speak it out loud. By speaking it out loud, you stay on track. Speak it. There's power in your words. So speak it out. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You are God of the breakthrough. Thank you, Lord, that you have good plans laid up for me. You have good works laid up in advance for me to do. I thank you, Lord, that you know the plans that you have for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, plans to give me hope in a future. God, I thank you. You heard me this morning as I prayed. Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So I'm excited, God. Thank you. And as I do this out loud. As you do that, you'll spontaneously find yourself responding in worship. You start declaring some of those things out of your mouth, your spirit can't help but go, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's where it's coming from. Your soul is intentionally engaging with the word of God. I'm going to fill my mind and my lips out of the abundance of my heart. My mouth's going to speak. I'm going to fill my mind and my heart with his word. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to declare it. And as I'm declaring it, suddenly your spirit goes, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the word brings truth, revelation of truth. The spirit of truth reveals more about his great goodness. And we respond in genuine spiritual worship that says, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You might think I'm mad, but I'm happy. (laughs) And you can be too. Bless the Lord, O my soul. His praise will continually be in my mouth. It's a choice. And too often as believers, we get sucked into living lives that are less than what we are invited to live in. God doesn't want want you living unhappy He wants you to rejoice at all times. He wants you to put his praise in your mouth. He wants you to live and be like this, blessing God at all times, even when you haven't seen the fullness of the breakthrough that you are looking for because you've still got something good to come. Hallelujah. Make a decision. I am going to bless the Lord at all times. I think it would be a good memory verse this week. Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Why don't you memorize that this week? Because by memorizing it, you can start praying it. You can start declaring it. When the enemy comes, you can say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Hallelujah. And as you do it, you're going to see the breakthrough come. God wants us to recognize that as we are looking at him, we can receive the blessing that he wants to give us. When the Lord says, the Lord bless you, 
That word bless actually means to kneel before you and to give you a gift. It's the same words that they is used when the, the camels were made to kneel down so that the gifts could be unloaded. The Lord kneel down to, to give you a gift is what God is saying, I will bless you. But you, if you think about this, in order to receive this gift, these gifts that God wants to give you today, tomorrow, you need to focus, humble yourself and receive it. As you continually allow his praise to be in your mouth, continually looking to him, then you are continually open to receive the goodness, the kindness, the blessing that God wants to bring into your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you for your word. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. Father, I'm asking for a cultural revolution in the body of Christ. Lord, that we would begin to live biblical lives, focus on what is pure and lovely and of a good report, to be known by our speech that is clean and pure and holy and wholesome and edifying. God, give us a biblical revolution in our minds and our hearts.